What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ball Status. That's right. The podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business or the health of business and the business of health. However you want it. That's exactly right. I feel like we should cheers today. Dude, we look so sophisticated with our mugs. Isn't it? Doesn't I feel like it's a real podcast? We're really we're drinking what we'd probably usually drink out of a shaker, but I'm actually drinking coffee. It looks so much. Why are you drinking coffee? I gave up oh, energy right. drinks for Lent, but I didn't drink give up caffeine. <laughs> gotcha. So I just took Lent as an opportunity to exercise some discipline, and I was like, I mean, I've been on the road, dude, and you kind of get bored on the road, and then like next thing you know, you drink three energy drinks within like two hours, and. What are you doing? Yeah, right. Dodrill, how many energy drinks have you had so exactly. far? Exactly. Dodrill knows he's in about there. His he's a good four energy drinks. He respects this decision, but my man can't make he can't he can't back it up. But he's like, why? why? He's like, why would I want to do that? Yeah. So, anyways, I was craving an energy drink, and Aaron had a good therapy conversation with me, and he said, "You're doing so good, dude." Dude, you're, you're halfway through the month. Wait, it's more than a hundred. You're days. a third of the days. way. You're a third of the way there. Yeah. So yeah. I'm. But if I you made it through the Arnold, if you made it through the Arnold, then. Should be easy, right? Yeah. Dude, we have a lot of boss statuses to to catch up on. We need to get that guy on a podcast. What's that? Oh, he... he huh? Three o'clock. <laughs> Three o'clock, cigar, today. Let's go. Um, what the heck are we talking about? Oh, boss status. We have a lot of boss statuses to catch up on. So this episode is an Ask the Boss version of boss status, but we have some other content specific boss statuses, which we need to do. I think um, we need to do a dad cast. We need to do a dad cast, which we need to do a America energy PR po- uh, podcast. Is that, is that PR? No. PR? What are you talking about? Uh, like a statement that you make in public. A press release. release. Well, that's a PR. Yeah, but usually it's public relations. So, press release. We knew what you meant. Um, So, we need to do America Energy Update, which I think there's a lot to unpack in that one, actually. There's a lot of good business stuff in there. There's doors involved. (laughs) Man. You like that? Yes. That's great. (laughs) You're doing great, me. You're doing great. I feel so good. Me for gay. Yeah. We need America Energy. So we have DadCast, America Energy Cast, and I think we should do a podcast on licenses. Oh, that'd be good. We'll get Dave in here. Get Dirty Balls in here. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have now signed two, and we have a third that is waiting to be signed that we just got to get done. One is available now. Everybody knows about it. Moose Tracks. One has not been announced, but we're deep into working on it. And the third, we're just starting it. And that one is probably the most different of all of them. Um, so we could share some insight into that license pro- process and it's, uh, we've, we've learned a lot over the last 18 months. And then we get, we got to get a guest in here. That guy that we were talking to. Oh, Julian's in here all hopped up on that evolution on that orange Julian. Julian, I'm sipping out of a Clifford Linux mug. I think, uh, this one was, might've been, they couldn't sell it. All right. All right. You wanna, so you jump in here. So this, this is ask the boss. So you, so you guys can ask questions here if you want, but I guess uh, Mr. Meat went around and collected questions. Yeah, so typically we always post a couple days before, a day before, hey, we're doing Ask the Boss, send us your and questions. And we always get the question, how do you get big biceps? Yeah, what's your arm split? <laughs> 
So I was like, you know what? Let me just do something different, and let me ask the our entire team. Some I sent out blast email to the nutrition corners, blast email to HQ employees. It was like, send me your questions. We're, I'm going to use our questions for Ask the Boss. Okay. So these are all questions from your employees. Hmm. And, uh, and can I guess who they're from? Yeah, I wrote their names down. I don't know if you can. Do I know everyone? Do I know every one of these people? Yeah. Because there are some employees. I Yeah, you know all of these. these okay. I would okay. say everybody is management. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, and not, I didn't get everybody that I sent to, but I got a lot of questions in here. Good. So we're going to do it this way. And Carl sent the question directly to me. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of spilled the beans on that. It's like, <laughs> I sent him an email and he responded to you via text. Yeah. Cause he's on planet Carl. Planet cuck. Yep. All right. So if jump right in. First question with the company growing at such a rapid rate with lots of projects going on at once, how do you continue to identify which items need to be prioritized? Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know if we really have a strategy in that sense. We, this is not, sometimes it's do as I say, not as I do, but we really, we do some, we uh, swat, swat flies around here a little bit. Um, but I think we all have a pretty large capacity. So we pretty much prioritize everything. I feel like if that makes sense. So, I mean, I really guess it comes down to, what your ban- your personal and your company's bandwidth is and how you prioritize that. But um, obviously, biggest opportunities should get the biggest superstars and the most uh, priority, right? So where do we feel like we're going to get our biggest return? But the funny thing is, is like when we're doing these, we don't really think about it that way, right? Like, I don't know if we've ever sat there like, what's our biggest return? If we're working on three different projects, we want them all to be successful, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the Arnold Classic was a good example of that. We had three major, I mean, we had three or four or even five, depending on how you look at it, things that were launching for the Arnold Classic. We had the first new pre-workout for uh, Arms Race, Evolution, right, sent from the harness. Yep which was a massive project in a launch. We had the Moose Tracks Pudding, which we worked on for 10 months. We had Fury V2 basically launching open to everyone. So we had a lot. To pull that all together took a lot. And we didn't, um, I don't think we prioritized any one of those over the other. We just made sure to get it all done. No, but I would say during that time and around this that time of year, the Arnold does start to take priority. A little bit, right? Yeah. Like, so I think, like, uh, to add to this answer, I would say maybe, like, it changes on a daily and it changes during, like, what f- phase or season we are within the year a little bit. Sure. Right? Like, I, I felt like, uh, for me, well, I felt like when we gearing up for the Arnold, there's a lot of planning involved. There's a lot of logistics involved. And, like, my mindset, my thinking starts to prioritize that for sure over maybe, like, some of the – not the daily tasks or the daily touches that need to happen, but maybe some of the like back in little, you know, well, busy work. All, all of the other, all of the brands are managed completely separately though. Right. So that's also another thing to think about when prioritizing, because sometimes people would prioritize money. This is not just talking about money or time, but it's uh, in this case, money, we run the budgets completely independently on core America and arms race. Yeah. So, you know, 
<clears throat> we don't say just because core has the money and America does not does not if America wants to do something I wouldn't hurt core because of that or vice versa yeah. right like it doesn't spill over so we do what we can with each individual business and that helps us where we want to put our you know our energy like if we don't have the budget to do something we're not going to push forward and do it um so it, it that's a loaded question it's a hard question because I don't, I don't really have a i don't have a direct answer for that it's when your answer went more towards all of it yeah and my answer went more towards task orient, oriented right like i was thinking more of like well we uh, don't we don't prioritizing tasks per the what the day brings. That is a daily basis That's thing. A daily that thing. is a daily thing. On a grand scheme of things, we put together the 10 things that have to get done to launch this product yeah. from marketing to manufacturing to sales or whatever. And we just make sure to get it done. Yeah. Right? Like there's not one is not more important than the other. All right. Who asked that question? Logan Bailey. Yeah. Can you read that? Yeah. Okay. Darn it. It's not going to work. Yeah. All right. I won't look. I won't look. Well, do you know the first page? No, I don't. All that right. was the only one I saw. All right, I'll keep it over here to my left. Huh? All right, second question. Who do each of you look up to in and outside of our industry? Hmm. There's a lot of... I don't like the word necessarily look up to. I think I would say respect the accomplishments. There's some people in our industry that I really respect their accomplishments and what they've able to do as a CEO of a dietary supplement company. Um, but don't necessarily respect the person, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or some of the, I don't uh, agree with all of the decisions that were made, but there's some like crazy, like crazy successful people in our industry. Uh, and, and I'm going to, I'll throw out some names, but I, and, and this doesn't mean I don't agree with these people just generally either. I'm just making that blanket statement. It's not any specific person here, but like, if you look at, um, um, I'll throw, these are a number of different industries. You look at uh, what Christian Guzman has done, right? In clothing, fitness, and supplements. Or, you know, through Ghost, but his energy drink too, right? Like yeah, just business in, beverage and business in general, right? Um, you look at what the Baileys have done. So like Rob Bailey and um, Dana and what they've built. Um, Aaron Singerman, right? Like what he did with Redcon was absolutely incredible, right? There's some legends in our space that we see at trade shows that w might have moved from brand to brand, but with every brand they touch, they do well, like TJ Humphreys, right? Like you see him going from, you know, uh, pro subs to I don't know where he went, or he went to Rise for a minute, and now he's doing the all black everything, and, you know, he just seems to, you know, always knock it out of the park. Right. So there's definitely and they have they've kind of figured things out. So there's a number of people like that. Those people that I mentioned, uh, that's quite impressive what they've been able to build. But I don't say I would necessarily like look up to those people like we understand. And, and even like Dom down at Raw, Raw and Revive and what he's done just from a business perspective is quite incredible, uh, not just in the supplement space, but in his you know, the other things. So there's a lot of people that I'm like, man, like that's awesome. But um, I think we're very self-aware and that we have a different path than all of these people. Um, you know, and I try not to get caught up. I look at them as respect for what they've done, not in a sense of, man, I wish we could get to that level because we're not at the nine-figure level, right? Um, so... 
you know, maybe one day, but it's not as of a, man, what am I like kicking myself or jealousy or any of that? It's more of just like, that's super impressive. I understand we're going to have a different path. You know, I wonder what I could learn from them and their actions, but realizing that we're still going to be true to ourselves. Yep. I like that perspective about like having respect for them, not so much looking up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about outside of the industry? Oh, I would add to that Andy Frisella for sure. Yeah. And and even Sal, like what they've done over at uh, First Form. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, the list is probably pretty large. I mean, the, I would say a uh, lot you know, of that these. list is that list that I just said is probably like off the top of my head. Who else can you think of that you would put in that list? Uh, maybe Dan from Dan Ghost. from and Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could I respect a lot of people in the space. Yeah. You know? I think the team Mark, at Mark, Mark Leisure. Leisure and uh, yep. team at Nutribio. Um, yep. But I, I would say, like, and from the Arnold experience, uh, you know, going to the Muscle Foods Mingle was pretty cool because it's just a rep hangout, you yep. know, and you're just talking to people within our space. <clears throat> and then all the people that came up to the our, our booth that was within the industry, I think a lot of those people that you mentioned are going to say, say the exact same thing to you and to what we've done here. Yeah. You know, that they respect. It's funny, like you see that and you see startup brands that were are so far away from where we are. But then I feel so far away from where a first form is. Yeah. Right. So it's it's really we you got to keep it in perspective. Right. And that's where I was going to mention. I don't. That's why I try not to get caught up into, man, I wish, man, why aren't we doing 100 million? Yet? Well, the word success came up there. So it's what is that measurement of success? Right. Like at what point are you successful too? right? Like. Yeah. You might be looking at some of some of those that you mentioned success, but like to the maybe the startup, their right. level of success is we're, we're beyond right. that. Right. Right. Of course. So like, yeah, I mean, some for a new brand doing a million dollars in a year is a big deal, like a massive totally. deal, right? Um, but yeah, that's not that doesn't excite us at the moment, right? Right. Um, and for us, at least for me, I can speak to me is like, I love numbers. I love chasing numbers. I love looking at numbers, but it's not really about the actual cash. It's about the progression and what you can do with that. You know what I mean? Numbers are hard, dude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Who asked, who asked that question? Uh, what was the question? What was the question? <laughs> who do you, you look, look up, up to? to? I have no idea. Who? Rachel Sedwick. Okay. Okay. All right. The next one's a tag team. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, uh, Naomi and Rachel. No. Um, you got to go further north. Chuck and Sarah. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. What are your viewpoints on caffeine cycling? What's that? <laughs> I'm over here just... 600 mil- milligrams a day every day. At, so, a little more context. I That is my limit. I won't go above that. So, you treat it like if it fits your macros. But not so fast. But no, I'm, I'm not like, I don't wait till midnight and then be like, damn, I only had 400 <laughs> milligrams. Let me, let me shoot an energy drink here. That's a good idea. <laughs> that would be stupid. <laughs> um, but I, I just love drinking pre-workout and I love energy drinks. So, um, and I've kind of found that sweet spot. I try not to abuse, like I, and 600 to a lot of people is probably like, man, that's a lot. But I don't really cycle off of pre-workouts. I use probably five or six different pre-workouts that range anywhere from 250, the way I scoop it out, to 400 milligrams. And then I do one energy drink. 
And it's not 600 milligrams a day because maybe that one pre-workout for the day is 250, but then you have an energy drink, 450. Yeah, so 600 max. So, like, if I'm doing a max juice, like, I'm doing, like, a pretty big, like, almost a full scoop at F-bomb for leg day and then an energy drink, that's the max I would Yeah. Um, and I do have caffeine every day, even on my off days. If not, I'm sure I would get a caffeine headache, uh, withdrawal headache at this point. But... I mean, there's some, there's a lot of benefits to caffeine too, you know? So, um, for me, can it benefit some people? I think some people completely abuse it and literally will. I mean, like we have multiple people on the nutrition corner team that I know are at like a thousand plus a day. Like it doesn't even affect, they can drink an energy drink and then roll over and go to sleep. Like that's, you got a problem. Like I try to hit all mine before 3 PM. Like that's, I won't crack an energy drink after that. That's for sure. You are the master of in moderation. I would say, yeah. and a lot of people, and you, we discussed for, this for, for guilty pleasures. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like training, maybe not. <laughs> True. Right. right? Yeah. Like, it, but like when it comes to like, uh, things maybe that have like, like cigars or whatever yeah. tendencies, yes. right? Yeah. Like, uh, crutches, caffeine, yes. alcohol, tobacco, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. A lot of people, they flirt with that line and then it, my rule in college was I could only get wasted one night a week. You just go get white oh, girl wasted. White girl so. wasted, like passed out. Just let oh, it. Oh, there go. goes Doug on his one night. Yeah, yeah. They're like so everyone would gear up for that night because they know it's gonna be Liddy that <laughs> night. <laughs> good rule. Yeah. So, but what, was it like that was hard? Would it be always Friday night or Saturday night, or did it like change it depend. depending on what? It depends. It depends on the kind of what the schedule, what the social schedule was. I doubt it was ever like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Friday was usually the night. Yeah, because Saturday, but it, and Sunday, it started at like it started at like five p.m. and it would roll through to like, you know, yeah, college, four a.m. Yeah, yeah college, like, yeah, and but I tried to, I literally would stick to that. Yeah, like I wouldn't touch alcohol outside of that. I could probably count the times on my hand that I drank two more nights in a row in my life. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of those times. I do know this. I, I, I can think of some of those times. And so, like, this is a discipline that you kind of created for yourself. Like, yeah, a lot of that was around what my goals were. Yeah, right? yeah. And but, so, like, and I would feel like if I set my mind to a certain goal, that if I am going to, uh, if I don't do certain things, then I will not achieve that goal. So in college, for me, it was building my physique and, getting literally straight A's on everything. Yeah. So I knew that drinking was not good for you. So there was an, I think it's almost an aspect of guilt because I know that I'm not going to be the best person that I can be in the gym, but also mentally from like, dude, if I'm getting hammered every night, there's no way I'm studying. Right. Right. So for me, it was more of uh, how is this going to impact my goals? We're, we're like, I think there's a lot of aspects of your life that were like, discipline like you're a kind of totally let's say a master discipline when did that kick ocd in? so okay ocd so personality probably growing, like as a ch- yes like yeah totally at what i wasn't time frame do you feel like 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 when you i didn't have to like turn, or turn off the lights like flick them on and off like four times and touch the top before i walk out the door i'm not it wasn't like that you know ocd yeah. but like i would say probably um from my early teens, for sure. But you said, you've even mentioned your brother had, like, some very, like... Yeah. I don't even know if they're... That would be... But, like, these... Quirky. Like, my... 
I would think that Greg was probably on the spectrum. You know, like if it was today, you would say like, but not not in like a weird way. He was no. just like, well, can you see that in your kids? Like, do you see? <laughs> no, not really at all. No. They're just wide open. Okay. Yeah. Not Jackson is mini me, but he doesn't have any. Uh, like he is. I can see him. He's he does like a lot neat and organized, and he loves a routine. Like okay. he thrives on a routine, and he is. I can see. I can see he's going to be disciplined. Um. I can see he's got some of the same maybe I don't want to say insecurities because it's not necessarily insecurity. He's got some of the same traits that that, that I did. Um, Griffin is more like I, I don't know how Griffin's gonna. He's the wild card. <laughs> he's, still, he's six, right? He's six. He's a super sweet boy, but and he is super stubborn. Like he is probably the attorney in the family, for sure. Like, and when he gets something in his head, like, it's just, yeah. And he gets that from me and Steph, too. Like, so I can see both Stephanie and I in our kids. It is quite remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson is definitely mini-me, though. Like, uh, and Griffin, Griffin's Griffin, man. He's he's wide open. All right. What was the question? What are we talking I don't about? Know, bro. Just, is this, this, what, is, this is what you do on a podcast. This is what you do on a podcast. This is what you do when you drink coffee on a podcast. Yeah. It just feels sophisticated. Somebody it's goes, "Nice to see you, friends with Eric K." Now, with what? Uh, Kanevsky. That's Eric. I'm confused. Eric Kanevsky. Remember the yeah, guy, yeah. the I troll, know. the internet okay. troll. I know who's. Yeah, he just said, "Nice to see you, friends with him." Now. Oh, you're friends with him. Okay. Yeah, you know he came over to our yeah. Friends. yeah. yeah. I wouldn't exactly say we were friends, and I don't think I would say. So he did before. a video about that, a video or post I think about like post. making up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was super cool when he came over, and he didn't. And I could tell it was pretty genuine. I don't think he had any like. I was like, I wonder I how you, I was there. I wonder how you got it. I was over by the arms race, but I don't think you were there. Okay. So he talked to Julian, and then he came over to and basically just wanted to squash beef. And and I said, look, dude, I I honestly don't have beef. Like all the content that was around that, I didn't even watch your video. Right. And I can honestly say that because I just don't get caught. All, what am I going to do? I'm going to get mad. How is that going to help me accomplish my goals? It's not. Right. So it's like whenever anybody would send something to me, I just ignore it. Ignore it, delete, block, whatever. Um, so it just doesn't. I was like, honestly, the whole thing is a giant nothing to me. I'm like, I'm, it's good that that's how you, if that's how you run your business, like that's what you do. Like that's your thing. That's good. It's not mine at all. So like you apologizing to, apologizing to me, I appreciate it. It's cool. Like, but like, I'm good. Like I, I never. You didn't really need to apologize to me. It was just a nothing. Right. Just don't do it. Again. Like just don't, don't mess. Don't with disrupt the business. your business again. Right. So like it was all good. And I mean, he's seen. He's probably a decent dude, right? Like I don't know him. I wouldn't say I'm friends with him. But you know, he probably realized that the trolling thing gets old after a while. There is no longevity to that, you know. Um, and he's probably trying to change content a little bit because I think people are finding the trolling thing is a little bit played you know yeah it's only funny i've watched zero of his content yeah i mean me too yeah. me too all right next question yeah it's kind of winded when looking for new locations and spots for new stores gyms etc how do you know a spot is prime or on in quotes the one altogether we've opened 14 stores and currently 12 are still open taking risk is always involved in growth and can't out dream god from those two cl uh, closes what did you take away that can be used in looking at upcoming locations, either for stores or gyms or both. So from a hand-waving point of view, just kind of like, it's what tingles my nuts. 
there is a sense to gut feeling gut feeling exactly that's probably the more PC (laughs) way to say it um it's part of it is just a gut feeling like I misread Bethesda and we'll get into that in a second I had a decent feeling about Bethesda Williamsburg the other store we ended up closing um I, I never had a good feeling about it was trust that, that was, it was, it was Carl had a good Carl feeling. had a good feeling because I didn't know the area, but it was kind of dead and it was too destination and it wasn't it wasn't the right community. But you know, you shoot your shot, you trust your people, and uh, you know I still trust Carl to make those decisions today and would do it again. So um, that one just didn't work out. From a more strategic point of view, a couple things that we look for. One is, are there is there a good community around there? So like, what does that community look like in terms of fitness? Is there a strong military presence? Cause we have a, get a lot of good support from people that, uh, are serving. Um, and so like, that's important. How close are you and how many gyms are around? Right. Cause that's a measure of the fitness community who at the end of the day, yes, we have a ton of women and ton, ton of older people, a ton of, you know, coming into our stores, but we, the, the bros are our bread and butter as much as we want to be a vitamin shop and people coming in for their herbs, people are coming in for their high stem priest. I went into, I was at one of our stores and test and boosters. I, I just haven't, you know, I don't pay attention to the shelving as yeah. much as anymore. Um, and we, the, our vitamin and herb section when I started was huge. Oh dude. But if you look at the money that we used to put into that versus the sales, it didn't warrant it. Right. Just like vitamin shop looks at like where they're going to put their money. We did the same thing. And it's just like now it's down to one or two shelves. We have something, pretty much everything there. But like um, our bread and butter is going to be bros. So where are the bros? Look for the fitness communities, right? Um, And then also having a good anchor grocery tenant where people are, you know, traveling to often uh, is really important. So gyms and um, grocery stores in a shopping center like that, that's heavily trafficked. Um, And then... So like right now in Woodbridge, the one we have a letter of intent out and we're hoping to have it back signed here shortly. Um, that one is in a Gold's Gym parking lot. It was actually an old GNC location. It's perfect size. We've gone from looking up to 2,000 square feet in a store to we'll go down to now anything, 800 square feet, we could get the job done. Um, so our, our bread and butter is probably 12, 1,200. And that's what this store is exactly. Um, and there's a massive grocery. I don't know if it's a giant or what is in the same shop. giant. So you have a giant, a Gold's Gym. You got like some smoothie places. You got maybe another boutique fitness it's place. A former GNC. So it's, it's like, yeah. And so know that nutrition is. And the rent, rental rate was where we, we needed to be. So that was great. The thing that we really learned about Bethesda, Bethesda has probably one of the highest income, uh, average household incomes. It was like. $180,000 is something ridiculous, right? Um, for your median household income. And it's probably one of the wealthiest counties in and cities in the country. Um, we find that we do better in a lower income, blue collar um, community. I don't know whether it's not, it's because like in the higher income places, people are probably working desk jobs and sitting on their computer all day and then clicking, oh, on their lunch break, going to Amazon and being lazy and just buying online, right? Like, I think that has a lot to do with it. Some of it is a little bit is, uh, I feel like you get lack of loyalty from the more white collar communities than you do from a blue collar community. 
like uh, the the appreciation of small business and mom and pops. So we actually we don't strategically look for low income places, but we are not swayed. We don't really look at income as a demographic, right? We look at population density, like that's a good one, but we don't look at income now as a driver of where to put a store. And I think uh, Bethesda also transient people just. I think you get a lot of people that work a lot, you know, so that that busyness factor, they don't have the time. And I think that's why they might go to online stuff. Mm-hmm. I think all those are important though for to be where we are today. Like we might not have 12 stores if we didn't close those two stores. No, you learn. I mean, right. dude, we, we've had a lot. We've had a lot of failures. Sure. Like we talk about this a lot. Like you don't, without those failures, you don't get better. It's how you respond to the failures. Now, how cliche does that? Put this on a little Gary V reel. But like without failures, you don't have successes and you don't get better. And so like we've had to close stores, right? Like we've, uh, we've now discontinued an energy drink company, right? For the second time, right? And we've learned a lot and we're super excited for the future uh, of what we have going on. Uh, we tried to launch a functional food and lost a ton of money because it went bad right away. Um, this is the balls back in the day, right? But we've learned from that. And now the new foundation bar, which is our first functional food after that is crushing and is delicious. Um, we have another functional food in the work, at least one actually, no, we have two or three that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, we have, you know, just other projects that we're working on. We have potentially new brands, which is a whole other podcast that we need to have. We don't need another sign. We're going to need five more signs. We need yeah. to finish this. So, one. I mean, the future could not be brighter, but it's not without going through a bunch of crap and a bunch of turds. And, you know, right now there are, we, we do have difficulties. I mean, our top line and really our bottom line is better than it's ever been right now in Q1 of this year, ever. Uh, but that's not without challenges that are currently among, you know, right. present with us. So. Um, there'll always be that somebody in here just said, uh, goals become an ambassador and arms race and get you guys in areas that you're not in my neck of the woods in Southern Cal. So you can apply on the website to do that. Uh, or if you just want to help us out and give us contacts, you know, you should message David Dodgers, which you should message do. David. Dod- he's probably in, he's probably already in your DMs. He's probably already talking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Have, have to fail to learn how to succeed and grow and learn what not to do from there. Absolutely. All right. All right. This is a big one. You're going to know who it is. Who was uh, that last one? Oh, uh, that last one was Rachel Shumway. Shumway. Got it. All right. Question. How do you manage your work-life balance being a father, being a healthy, happy husband or partner, uh, happy husband, fitting in personal free time, getting adequate sleep, et cetera, without sacrificing any of these in a detrimental way, all while keeping your foot on the gas in your professional career, as well as personal growth, tips, tricks, experiences, question mark, Sometimes I feel there just aren't enough hours in the, in the week to take care of family, to maintain my personal journey, and execute at high levels professionally. I feel like we've answered, and I'll answer your question, Tyler. Um, I, I feel like we've answered this question before. This is a question of balance and perspective. And um, f- speaking to me personally, it's a little bit different now because I have spent 20 years building my life and my career already. Right. And you, this meaning Tyler or any other people listening to this, might be just in the beginning of their career. So balance is a much longer term thing. I did things in my 20s that most 20 year olds would not do. I still stuck to that. 
not getting hammered all the time, not going out, right? Like I would drink, I think I, after I graduated college, I think it went to once a month that I would drink. This is pre-Steph. Pretty much after I got married, we just, Steph and I are just not drinkers. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I trained, I found a way to train. Um, I made it a priority in my life while working 100-hour weeks. That means I did not have downtime. I did not play video games. I did not go out on dates. I did not do a lot of things, right? Some people might call me boring, but that was my goal. And so I did that for many, many, many years. Not months, not like two years, but many years. How long were you at Bates White? 12 years, right? And so I put in that legwork so that like I can come in here now let's keep things in perspective. A lot of my job th these days is I can do most of it on my phone, right? So yes, I might not be working in an office at my table or desk X amount of hours, but I'm always on. There is no off, which is difficult, right? Because that's from, you know, six in the morning when I get up to 10 o'clock at night when I go to bed, I'm pretty much on all the time. So um, there is no really shutting it off. There is no like, okay, I'm done working. There is none of that. So, but like I'm at a point now where I can train from eight to 10 in the morning. Then I can go home at four o'clock and be with the kids and take them to sports and do all that stuff. Now, like yesterday, I took an hour call at Jackson's football practice, right? Like I was sitting on the hill and I was literally on the phone for the entire hour of his practice. So like, so I'm still working, but like I've created that flexibility because of previous sacrifices. So in that sense, balance is a much longer term perspective. So you might have to sacrifice some things up front to get more balance long term. So that might be giving up. Maybe it's not the right time to have a relationship. I hate saying that to anyone. And I'm not saying that to Tyler because I know his significant other. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't get, don't get this twisted. But for some of the young 20-year-olds that are constantly looking for a relationship, maybe now is not the right time to look for a relationship. Maybe now, right now is the time to build yourself, right? Because you probably are still a child, right? And so daily disciplines, you know, making sacrifices, kind of for the sake of making a sacrifice like you do with energy drinks. You don't have to do that, but it's a good practice of discipline in your life. So, you know, I, I just... I feel like a lot of people want the balance now, but they're not, they haven't put in the work to earn that balance. Balance has to be earned. So balance is a much longer term thing, you know? And then I think from a just more practical standpoint, you have to be equally yoked with your significant other. And I believe that wholeheartedly, uh, number one, from a religious perspective, I believe if you, you know, a, you know, Without getting into details, right? Like a like, I feel like a Christian person should look for a Christian person. This doesn't mean you don't. You might fall in love with somebody else, but it's just going to make it way harder if you have two people that are not don't have the same belief system. And it could be, and I believe that for other things too. If it's like a Jewish person, a Jewish person, right? Like this isn't this isn't racism. I'm not saying like this is a black and white thing. This is just equally yoked in your ways of thinking. Right in your so, life journey, right? right? Like you're on the same page in the same page that you're in, going. in in religion. I honestly believe same page in politics, right? I know people don't want to talk about that, but if I was married to a libtard, I would have a real problem. I'd probably politics be divorced. Or, 
people don't like to talk about politics, but politics run our life. Yes. Right? Like, so, yeah. So, like, you know, you need to be equally yoked in religion, in politics, in um, your your ideas for a family, like whether you want to have kids or not have kids. Um, you need to be equally yoked financially. Like, what do you value? Like, what things do you value and where you want to put your money? So, like, all of these things should be discussed up front, right? Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, and most importantly, like communication and even interest, right? Like I'm not saying find another you or turn somebody into you, but like if you love fitness and you love the gym, if you are, I don't know how many times I've seen this. If you're married to someone who doesn't give a shit about working out or taking care of themselves and you make gym a priority, they're always going to feel like they are second fiddle to that gym when really they're just, you're just taking care of yourself, right? Which you need to, to be in a healthy relationship. So you know, if you are married to somebody who is getting in the way of your dreams, your passions, your, um, and, and you don't share those things, even your, you know, fitness goals, that's a real, that should be a wake up call. Right. And there's, and if you don't have that, you will not have the support to live a balanced life because they won't understand that you have to go to the gym. You can't do X, Y, and Z because you have to go to the gym. I, I, I thought that was our or date night, or, you know, like, um, I thought you were watching the kid then. Well, no, I'll watch the kid after the gym, and then you can go work out or take turns or vice versa or go do whatever's important to you. There has to be that communication. Right. So I know this was a long-winded way of answering the question, but really for me, you have to earn balance. That's a longer-term idea. And um, so, so you have to put in the work up front to get that. And then from a balanced perspective, from a practical perspective, you know, when you're talking about family and all the other things that he mentioned in there, you need to be equally yoked and on page through communication with the other people in your life. Because if you're not, then it's going to make it really hard. And you really got to look at yourself as what is important. Like a lot of people waste time playing video games. Yeah. You know, that's an example. You could waste time watching TV. Sure. Like... I love binge watching stupid movies on Netflix, TV, but scrolling Instagram, any type of totally. thing that we, uh, yeah. we all have. So, well, so, uh, and I imagine after walking all through that, you talked about communication a lot and it's, I'm, I'm imagining that it was not what you wanted to do was take a business call during your son's practice. Yeah. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even a, like a fun business. No, call. it was, a t it was, <laughs> it was a a difficult, but I'm assuming there's communication even with, uh, your kids at a certain level totally to help them understand that dad's doing something specific that he has to attend to for work that we I'm here with you know I'm here at your practice but I did have to take this call because well at this point I'm a chauffeur so anyways like they know <laughs> I mean I'm at every single freaking practice I'm at practices four or five days a week in games so like I'm at everything yeah so they know that like I want to be there yeah so I, I'm not concerned about that but I do explain it's really funny because Jackson listens he listens. And so that call was, I took it when he was on the field. And then as I was walking off the field, like I was walking through somebody else's field and Jackson literally grabs me and like pulls me around. Dad, you're going through their field. I said, oh, so I'm still on the phone. And then we get in the car and it connects. And uh, so he just listens. And then I have to explain because it was a, uh, it was a, with a, a good friend of mine, but it was a very difficult conversation. And so it was a great life lesson. I, you know, I, yeah, who was that? What was that about? You know, asking all these questions. So I tell him because he actually has met this person and uh, and just explain, you know, the situation that like, you know, there's business side and there's a friendship and there's 
you know, all that. And so he, he just listens. So, which is actually really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. But that communication, communication. Yeah. Which, right. which for the record, I am not perfect at as my wife tells me, but, <laughs> but well, I'm I still, don't think anybody's in, perfect. I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel like I communicated, but like, we just don't always communicate the greatest, but always, always working, always a work in progress. Um, I like this. I feel very professional with this. Just this, like is a very, this is a good one, dude. I feel we like, some Gary, I feel some like if we had a cigar. What time do we have? If oh. we had a cigar. If this was a cigar lounge, Monte Cristo's at. Three at, three years. Three years we will have a way too long. cigar lounge in our building. I'm going to be broken, <laughs> <Dead>. dude. <laughs> I'm going to need more than a cigar. Uh, 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 easy question. Favorite brand in the stores besides your brands? Ooh. Ooh. And then Nutrition Corner specifically, which you probably don't know every single brand in there, but eh, maybe you do. I don't. So it's funny because on this phone call, um, we had uh, myself and the person I was talking to, we talked about uh, Accent Sledge. Huh. And there was a period in time where Seth and I had a, like a little falling out. Um, not a big deal now. Um, water under the bridge for sure. And uh, I because we, we were reminiscing about the tours we did and um, the conversation was, there was one conversation where it was like, Accent Sledge was like, you know, oh, is Doug going to be there? If he's going to be there, I'm out, you know, type of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, when really it was like me saying the same thing, if, if they're going to be there, I'm out, you know? Um, but in an industry and a time in our country's um in the state of the world today, we have found that um, it's good to be close with people that think similar, similarly, right? And so there are a lot of these, man, I don't know how to say, lack of a better word. And I don't want to, this is going to sound terrible, but like there's all these like, I don't even know if I should say it. There's like these <laughs> boy brands. Like every boy thinks they can have a fucking Sorry, a lot of cursing going on now, but now you can what see What about like it. saying influencer brand? I don't right? even know because we have an influencer brand, uh, but our brand is not a boy brand. Like, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of Me Too brands out there. They're, right? not, cre they're not creating anything different. They're right? trying to replicate, they're trying to replicate ghost, which yeah. they're not. Yeah. They're not ghost. No one's going to be ghost. I, I respect ghost so much because they have always been authentic to who they are. Right. So, um, you know, not my vibe, not my scene, but like clearly they have a huge community. Yeah. So it's awesome. Right. Um, so anyways, we had a conversation uh, at one point in time. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to text Seth. I'm going to call Seth. And we, we said, I was like, Hey man, listen, I know we had this falling out. It's water under the bridge. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I want to do business with good people, um, who think the same way. And, um, love to bring you guys into the stores because for a while I was like, there's no way I'm bringing an accent legend. And so now, you know, we carry, um, accent legend in our stores. And I, I, I mean, I like all the guys over at accent Sledge. They're good dudes yeah. like Dean and, uh, Seth and Mike, they're all super good dudes. Like we support the heck out of their brand. They support our brand, uh, our brands. So like, um, that would be one of my favorites in our stores, accent Sledge. 
That was a long-winded way of just saying axe and sledge. Yeah, but I like that because it's way more than just... There's a reason. There's reasons behind it. There's more to do business with yep. with people and to be close with people than just because it it's super popular or whatever the reason is, yeah. right? Um, I mean, and I have a lot of respect. I have a respect for pretty much like most of the brands, right? Like they've all done something. All the brands we carry have must have done something right to get here. So they all have like a unique take on it like what dan has done with ghost energy drink is unbelievable like just i don't think anyone's ever done that what they've done with an energy drink in three years right ever so like the amount of respect i have for that is just crazy and you know there's a number of other brands that um have kind of grown out of nothing and then kind of taken off so whether or not i use their products on a daily basis you know i, I don't uh but a lot of respect for most of the brands that are in our store but Axe and Sledge had one that was just because they're relatively new as of last year to our stores that kind of stood out. That I, you know, I really enjoy supporting them. All right, word. What time is your thing? Two thirty or two? Yeah, two thirty. What time is it? One forty-three. All right, we're good. <laughs> All right, let's hammer these out. All right, that who was that? I'm just long-winded, dude. That's the problem. No, it's good. It's good. People we, like it. We don't have to hammer this out in a whole. We're at forty-seven minutes. We can hammer out another couple and then we can save them. Uh, who asked that question? There's like five, but I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know who was hey, that. Jesus. All right. Um, without giving any, I see that at the top. How his favorite manager? Yeah. <laughs> when we, when we, when will we? Golly, when will he finally do a powerlifting meet with like? That's gotta be Jesus. Who is fifteen that? question marks? Jesus. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Never. Uh, okay. I am less likely to do a powerlifting meet than I am a bodybuilding show again. Put was that. that was that a chance? Was yeah, that a chance tell, for bodybuilding? Are you telling me are there's you a telling chance? me there's a chance? Yeah. You turn fifty. You get. Bro, that's you, old. What, yeah. Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. So if it doesn't happen before your fifty is over. No, then I can get on the fifty stage with all the old men. <laughs> Whatever. You can get on a plus forty stage. Now, Listen. Right? Listen. I'll be like Chris Gethin, fifty years old, biological age. I don't know how that's measured, but he's like twenty six. Is that? Is that how he measures it? <laughs> is that like math? Yeah, it just. Yeah, what? Apparently, <laughs> I don't know what you just, what you just talked about. I've heard him say that. I need to ask him that. I don't know what's that. Based on certain blood markers, I think you can have a like a uh. a biological age. And so I know he's almost fifty. He's so like forty nine. I'm, I'm about to turn thirty three, but I'm literally like 40, your biological 40. age is like forty nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, dude. We got to figure out what is the test for biological age, and then we're gonna do it to Aaron, everyone. Figure here. it out. He's on his Google. Yeah, get on that Google machine. Yeah, we need. You're our Googler. Like, what are the blood markers you look for? Like, and how do they score it? I want to know my biological age. You're definitely younger. I guess not biological. I guess it would be. All right, I'm gonna move on. Yeah, Aaron's gonna figure that out. Okay. Without giving any important details, is there anything exciting coming down the pipeline for Core? Yeah. No. There's nothing. No details. <laughs> no, of course there's a ton of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I think I'm super excited about this. Uh, well, the Moose Tracks Pudding, we, we just launched. I'm The feedback on that has been incredible, and that's super exciting to watch. But also, um, the other license deal that we're working on, you know, I, I, I knew it was going to taste good because we were getting authentic flavors. But I am blown away 
by how good it is. Yeah. Because the flavor traditionally in the space when people try to knock it off, it's not good. It's okay. Or it's just not there. It's not, it's not there. what it's supposed to be. But this stuff is banging. Like it, it was when it came from them. Well, right. It's their flavor systems, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it is ridiculous. So okay, I am so super excited about it. that. That I'm thinking is like Q3. Well, I'm going to add, there's a question. There's like six questions in here. In what ways are flavor collaborations or collaborations in general important for core nutritionals as a brand or arms race or our brands? I was thinking about this the other night and I was thinking about it in terms of collaborations are like the equivalent in the early 2000s of signing major IFBB pros. Huh. That goes to Carl's question. So, you know, um, well, I got a lot of thoughts on collaborations. We're going to do a little side We're track. We're a podcast a little tease, but I want to talk about it because it's, it's on the, Go for it's it, on the tip of my tongue. So, you know, Ryan over at Fitness Informant the other day made some stories about authentic, you know, collaborations are just becoming huh, ho-hum, right? Um, because everyone's trying to do them. And, you know, he did say great things about, as he should, as our moose tracks, pudding, because it just made sense. It was super authentic. It was well done. It's delicious. And it made sense for our product. Um, and, and that's true. Um, and then the second one that we're doing is also super authentic. We have turned down, and you know, now at this point, and like he mentioned in his stories, like we, there's companies that are now, before where it was us, in the supplement space, soliciting other CPG brands for their licenses, it's now flipped and people are seeing the value and the money that they can make. And they're going out and offering supplement companies, Hey, do a license with us, right? They're offering it up. And, um, we have been offered a number of, from very big CPG companies, the opportunity to do licenses like done deal, like do this. Right. And we've actually seen some of them come out or announce that they're doing it. Uh, but after we've said no, and I won't be the one I know Dan over at ghost got roasted for, for saying, Oh, we could have had that, but we didn't. I'm not going to say any specifics. I will say that we've turned them down and that other people are doing them, but I'm not going to say specifically what they are. I don't want to call out any one company, but, um, the, the, like the ones we've turned down, there was no authenticity. There was nothing in my personal, opinion or nothing about my life that would make that special to me or really anyone here. And more importantly, there was nothing in my life or, or in the, in the product, I should say, sorry, uh, in the product that would translate to dietary supplements that would be truly authentic. There was no authentic flavor system. There was no IP. There was nothing really. It was just a, it was a name. And so doing a license like that, I think is total garbage. Um, if you can bring auth authenticity to it, I think it's super valuable. And I was also thinking about this because there is a game, and we could talk about this in the other podcast where we go into the details, that there is an investment that you're making when you do a license. Whether or not you will ever hit the sales that you need to pay off your royalties, you know, there's minimum guarantees. That's the big number. That's the, that's the roll the dice. Like, can I hit my minimum guarantee with the royalty rate that you're comfortable with? Or am I just going to have to write a check? And, you know, I like to think of this as more of a marketing expense. I don't really care about the sales. Am I comfortable spending X amount of money? And that money is the, the minimum guarantee over however many years. Is that worth the marketing expense and the exposure that that product could bring, right? 
And if it is, then I, and it, you can do it authentically. To me, that is no different than 10 years ago, all these IFBBs being, uh, you know, signing, you know, six figure contracts with BSN. How is it any different? It is a shift that you don't see IFBBs driving marketing anymore. But honestly, in the sports nutrition space, every major company had a massive, had these massive influencers, right? And, and pro bodybuilders. That was the name of the game. That was the muscle tech, the BSN, the Optum, all these people. And they spent a ton of money on that. So if you, if those are not moving the needle for you anymore, why not use an influencer that is an already uh, reputable brand to help grow your brand? That's all that is. So I actually don't, I'm not so, I want to see authentic collaborations uh, that are well done. Um, but I understand why people would do it. And it's just, it's no different for, to me than a business making, uh, making a decision to sign an influencer. Cause that's what you're doing. Yeah. So anyways, that was my two cents on that or five cents or seven. There's at least 10. 10. That's a dime right 10. there. You got any questions? Aaron, do you have a follow up on the biological age? It's a, it's another podcast, dude. All right, I have a really good question. Okay. It's from Big Joe. All right. I'm confused, and I'm hoping you can help me. Okay. How does the change in Department of Transportation regulations affect... <laughs> how does the change in Department of Transportation regulations affect this industry from when you're started to now? Do you think we will ever see a return to lower cost of goods in the next 10 years? Oh, Joe. Love you. How... Department of Transportation. What? Right. I looked up. I had to go. And have there been significant DOT regulations that have specifically? So the Department of Transportation regulations does have to do with like driving and how much weight is in your truck. And I think the point, based on the second question, logistics. I'm logistics. I think he. I think he's getting at the point that cost of goods have gone up, and he's talking about shipping costs specifically. Yes. Will they come back? I have no idea. This is Joe Biden. How has it affected <laughs> it affected the industry from when you started to now? And do you think we'll ever see a return to lower cost of goods in the next ten years? Yes. So basically, it's a cost of goods. We've question. already we've seen had, it. We're in we're in inflation era, and will it come back? Down? And we've already seen it. So twenty one man, if we could manufacture what we used to be able to manufacture in twenty twenty, like the cost of goods then, bruh. Yeah, it would be amazing. Now, um, will we ever see those prices come back? I don't think so, but they've already come down from their peak. Some things are still expensive, but like, you know, creatine is now 12 bucks. It was 450. It went to 32 and it's now down to 12. Uh, citrulline is way back down. Um, still not down. Protein is still probably to me the highest, still the highest that hasn't come. It's, it's come down some, but it's not come down. Will it continue to come down? I think so. I think it eventually will. But I don't think we'll ever get to the the 2020 era. Like, I, I don't think some – I think some of our pricing will stay. Yeah, I like mean – Like, I don't know if there's going to be a big enough shift. It's for – it's kind of like – Well, I'll share this. kind of like with gas our, prices? Like, gas prices can slowly, like, increase, and they come back down, but then they don't ever go back down to that, like – Yeah. That, like, so, same thing with a lot of things. So, um, I'll share this information – this is juicy information for any Juice. other supplement industry. I'm, I mean, this 
doesn't really tell you much, but it'll tell you the reality of the situation. As a consumer, you can see it too. So in 2022, our average gross margin this is just fell by 7 to 8%. I'm not saying if you had, let's say you work on, I'm making numbers up, a 50% margin, gross margin. So that gross margin, just to be clear here, is the price that you get paid for a product minus the cost of producing the product. So shipping, labels, everything, right? And if you're working at a 50% margin, right? I'm not talking like that went down by 8%, which is only what? 42. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, it went down to, it would have gone down to 42, not 8% of the 50. Uh, It wouldn't have gone down to 46. It's not an 8% decrease. It's a full point, full point. So if we were working, and we were not working at a 50 margin, just to be clear here, but if we were working at 50, it went down to 42. That is a huge difference. And again, those are not the right numbers, but it was eight points it went down. And um, that was us passing on costs that we felt were reasonable, where a consumer would still, uh, was fair to pay. But like, we ate the majority of the costs. Like when we said that on other podcasts, like we, we meant it. Like we felt the biggest brunt of that. Our manufacturer didn't feel the brunt of that. Our retailers didn't feel the brunt of that. They might have they might have got had increased costs from us, but we also increased our map to protect their, so the, the retailers essentially had the same margin. Where, and I can tell you the exact data point, our retail margin, our gross margin at our stores, so on the retail side, and we have good data, many, many millions of dollars in sales, um, that dropped less than 1%. Whereas us, as a brand, dropped eight percentage points and I know the manufacturers, at least from, you know, that we deal with, they did not drop at all because they, you know, there's different agreements and things like that, but they really didn't change that much. Just, I'm, I'm not privy to all that data because I'm not a manufacturer, but in, in general. Yeah. Um, so we took, as a brand, took the biggest brunt of those price increases. Yeah. So That's where, so we're pretty close with the guys. I'm not sure why we talked about that. Oh, uh, Joe. That Joe is, was talking about cost of goods and will ever come back down. Yeah. Um, and so I think you and Mark Glazier from NutriBio talking about that, because I feel like at least in our little space, you know, like having them at the, the nut bash, like Mark was literally all he wanted to talk about, you know, like kind of like I'm ask the pros. Yeah. I think that would be a good conversation um, talking about the realities of it. Cause I think what, in my position being in the relationships and trying to man, maintain that with retailers and trying to explain the, the cost of goods, the costs that we're passing on, um, that, that perspective is, is missed. They don't understand yeah. too much of that. No. Right. Cause, but we're keeping you margin neutral. Yes. You have to we deal with the obstacle obstacle of maybe now selling a product for a little bit more expensive, but like that's, but every retailer that's everywhere, all your competitors are dealing with right. that. Right. And the same thing with labor costs, like the labor costs that the manufacturer might have to deal with now, yep. we are dealing with those same labor co- labor cost increase as well. Yep. So the brands really did suffer the most. Yep. All right, bro. All we're right, at two, one minute. Two yeah. more fun questions. Okay. If you could have dinner with anyone alive or deceased, who would it be and why? Macho man. Macho, macho man. Oh, yeah, brother. I want to be a nacho man. Deceased? Or I've, I've answered this question before. I would love to go to dinner with Jesus Christ. Well, Wouldn't that be a doozy? You're going to, you're going to one day, brother. I know, but not, yeah. I mean, like here on earth. 
What would y'all eat? Filet mignon? BLT? Them T-bones, bro. Do <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, them T-bones? <laughs> Fish and bread. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he could whip anything up we wanted. Yeah. You think he's drinking a little wine with me? Uh, probably not. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, fellowship. If you, the Chosen on Amazon is pretty good. The way yeah. they depict these characters. Bro, I tried to find... But season three, I, I found one and two. Where's season three? Do you have to get a special know. app or something? Why do you you need watch some? it. I know. Well, why are you need three when you only got... This is. I try to explain these things to Stephanie, but she's okay with starting a season three. I want to start a season one. Oh, well, it's a long story. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we watched season one, and now I we're said, on season two, and I, I don't know where a, season three is. There's a new season three out. Okay. And I was like, and so she's like, oh, I heard about that. And she's like, well, why don't we start watching it? So I was like, well, it's not out here. I see season one. She's like, we, <laughs> she's so funny. She's like, so we got so we got to watch season one and two to get season three. I was like, well, why wouldn't you watch them? Why wouldn't you be as excited about season one as like season three and the new one? So she wants to know where season three is before she <laughs> starts know. season one? I don't know. It was one of those <laughs> conversations that I just was like, you know what? This we, is the one where the husband just shuts up and just. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And she's also the type of person we'll be watching like a Netflix. Here, this is just a little random stuff. Oh, this is great. We watch it. We're watching a Netflix and like, you know, it's like. It's 9.30. It's time to go to bed. Like, yeah. we're getting tired. It's time to go to bed. And there's literally 11 minutes left. And we just watched 50-some minutes. She's like, well, I'm going to bed. I'm like, what? It's like, could be the grand finale. It's like the last episode ever. And she's like, I'm going, what? I was like, but don't you want to? Yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. You just sat there for 50 minutes, but you couldn't sit for 11 more to finish the movie. We did that last night, though. You did? We just gave up on 10-minute mark. And well, you were probably watching, what was that dumb movie? We were that? watching The Chosen. Oh, The Chosen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We've kind of been watching it like it's you just kind of, it's a continuation. But if it was story. a finale? No, we'd, we'd... But if we started the finale, we'd give ourselves enough time. Like last night, it was like we were past our bedtime. It was past 9 o'clock. Yeah. And like I think Sam was dozing. Yeah. So we were like... I was like... <laughs> she kind of come came to from the doze and was like a big sigh. And I was like, you want to go to bed? And she was like, yeah, I got to go to bed. I was like, it's only 10 minutes left, but... Yeah. That's funny. But, though. Oh, Season finale, time. though. Hope you watch this stuff. All right, last one. She's definitely not watching um, this. <laughs> at what moment in your life did you realize you needed a urinal in your master bedroom? <laughs> bathroom? That's a that, POV. That is definitely a POV question. Well, when I'd wake up and there's piss all over the floor every morning. <laughs> Cause I'm on that big papa stack, it makes it hard to pee in the middle of the night. So I just, I literally lean my head on a wall and just let her rip. Let it go. It's it's glorious. It changed your life. I'll tell you what. When I travel and I have to like piss in a regular toilet <laughs> in my bathroom in the middle of the night, it's just absolutely miserable. And those hotel hotel toilets are usually short, super you know, you're, like floor. you're peeing all over the place. Your yeah. feet, your the towel on the floor. Poor the, Carl. Poor Carl. And Carl sits and just tucks it. I was like, how do you tuck that? <laughs> In the middle right. of the night. And that's all for today. And on that note, I think we're done. Guys, until next time, keep crushing it.